everyone. This is Erica and Yvette, and this is the Melanin Pearls Podcast, episode 46. 46? Seriously. Oh my gosh, this is just amazing how time is flying. So this episode, we have another installment of our Black Excellence Spotlight, because you know that we like to highlight those out there that look like us that are doing mm-hmm. amazing things. Amazing. And, uh, exactly. And we are so excited about our guest today. She is mm-hmm. no stranger to the Melon and Pearls podcast. She's not. She's joined us before where she shared her expertise and experiences in education. Welcome back to the Melon and Pearls podcast, Renee Belton. How are you doing Renee. today? Hello. How are you? We are doing well. Thank you so much doing for well. joining us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. Hey, girl, we told you you were coming back. We yep. Repeat. You were com- exactly. So for those out there, let's share a little bit about Renee before we jump in. Uh, she's She is now the immediate past principal of the James McClune Smith Community School 200 that's located in Harlem, New York. She was principal for 18 years and she retired August 31st. So like literally a very short time ago. And a little bit about Yvette, she was born and raised in Harlem. She is a product of the New York City school system. She went to the High School of Performing Arts. She she majored in drama. This is about your story that I always love you, um, Renee. You majored in drama after you were doing your artsy stuff. Then you went to school. You met Judith Jameson, amazing past artistic director of the Alvin Ailey Dance Theater during a class. She suggested that you try out for the Alvin Ailey Certificate Program to train with the school. You were accepted. You trained there for over a year. Then you went to Howard. You received your Bachelor of Science in Philosophy. And then you applied and went to law school. And after your first year of law school, you returned to Harlem to spend the summer planning educational activities for children at a family shelter. And that's where you found your calling to become an educator while you were taking a, your summer break from law school. You then decided to leave for good during your second year. Soon after, you received your master's in elementary education from the City College in New York City. You became a teacher before you decided to apply to a newly created New York City Leadership Academy. And you were a member of the first graduating class. And that is one of the most intensive and costly principal training programs in the country. And here we are 18 years later and you have retired. Girl. It's really 27 years later. I was here for nine years. Got it, see? There we go. Man, Yvette, what you, what you got to say about this? I, I'm just genuflect, genuflect. Let me, let me curtsy to the queen. Cause she is oh. like, I, that is, that is, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> and it's a really good story because, you know, it, it shows how Renee found herself and she followed her passion, things that were calling to her that made her happy, that gave her joy. And in that, that those activities also meant giving back to people. And, you know, even the the desire to become a lawyer, again, you know, it's, it's working with society and for social justice. And 
thinking of where she where Renee ended up as a ultimately as a principal, it just it's a storied it's a storied career. It's from dance to art to being a lawyer to giving back and just finding finding her way through the things that brought her joy. That's what life is all about, right? Living your best life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Living your passion. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I love that story. I'm I'm like, you know, it to your point to what you said, Yvette, it's about finding that that spot, you know, and, and I think this this is such a great story because I think sometimes we think life is very linear and it isn't. Life is a nope. series of paths that we take that lead us to that point where we're gonna be in the future, uh, whatever that looks like for us. So I just think that that's like just amazing. So Renee, we're going to jump right in and get started. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. (laughs) So what's one thing you wish you'd known when you first began your career? Hmm. That's a difficult question. Um, Which career? (laughs) I had three of them. Okay. 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 The one you just retired from, because I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Okay. What I wish I would have known how much of a social worker I would have to be. I didn't realize that um, to educate um, children and to be an educator, you also have to know a lot about social work and how to deal with families and crises. So I wish I would have been more prepared for that I had to like learn on the job um mm-hmm. the social issues but um um that's one thing I wish I would have known more of yeah wow. yeah I could I could see that yeah because I know that you know you've had you and I've had some some minor discussions because of course you can't go into stuff but but I can just see that you know it, it is definitely you know you love and care for these children um, and you want the best for them. And sometimes children come from places that, you know, are not the most favorable for them. So I can totally see how knowing that and knowing how to approach children, parents, families, whatever would, would be helpful in, in that aspect of things. So, wow. Yeah. Yes. And, then, and then imagine children, the whole. Yeah. Ahead, I was just wanting to add, because you're not just dealing with children, you're dealing with their um, caregivers, their parents, their grandparents, and whatever issues that their parents and grandparents are going through, they're going through also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, and then add COVID, then that's just a whole different level, you know, and it just heightens an already challenging situation even more. And so being an being an educator in that in that regard was, I can just only imagine and I can't even probably imagine what you had to go through and how to support those young, those young minds at that, at during those 18, 19 months that we were in the, in, in the pandemic. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was tough, but we got through it. It was new for everyone. That's one thing. The whole entire country was on the same playing field. No one had an idea of what to do or what the next steps were. So we all were, had the same starting point. We may not have been as prepared as far as technology-wise with some social economic groups, but we all started off in the same spot. What do we do? Correct. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, that you spot on. And and it just is a, is a testament to the community of educators and and that that realm within society that takes care of, you know, the young ones, right? Those that who can't really take care of themselves and it's it's like hats off, you know, I I like I said genuflect to Renee, the queen. Um so so Renee, let's focus on let's focus on your your career as an educator. And can you share with us what were some of the best resources that assisted you along your career journey as an educator? Yeah, I could say it was my mentor, um, Dr. Yvonne Young. Um, she was very knowledgeable as far as always looking forward and foreseeing situations and issues and um th- that I would come across. And she helped me to start thinking the same way. So also, she also put in me, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid not to know anything. Because those, if you are afraid of those things, that it would stifle you learning and stifle you making decisions. So um, she was my biggest asset as far as in my career of education. Um, she had this thing about her where um, she was never satisfied. So that rubbed up for me too. Everything time something was good or okay, I wanted it to be great. I always saw next steps. What can I do next? What what can I do next to make it better? How can I tweak it to make it better? And um a lot of my decision making, I could say that my um my experience in law school, because in law school you have to always look at both sides of the argument. So when I would make these decisions or I would jump into the fire to make these decisions, I would always make a decision. And then I would say, okay, what happens if I made the decision? What could go wrong or what could go good? And that would also help me make my decision. So I could say that year of law school was very beneficial because it helped me with my thinking and analyzing. And um, definitely my mentor, um, Dr. Yvonne Young. Yeah. That That is, you know, we, Eric and I, ever since we started the podcast, We've been talking about how it's important to have a network and a mentor, um, a sponsor, and someone that knows you and pushes you to be the best version of yourself. Even when you when you're hesitant, they're not because they're so confident in your capabilities to help you to become confident in knowing what what you could do. So I love the fact that you know Dr. Young was able to be like Renee. I know you can do it you know you can do it, so mm-hmm. do it, right? And it's one of those things is that you just, it's just these conversations, right, that you need that that little nudge, that little bit of support. I call it like like the little bit of salt you add to the Sunday sauce. Like <laughs> all the components are there. All the components are there in the sauce. You All you're doing is adding the spices. It's like just like turning up a notch, do a little tweak, make it a little hotter, make it a little sweeter. Um, uh-huh. And this is super important to have people like that in your life. I I mean, that's just... I, I that was by far for me we haven't gone through all our questions yet but by far that one just sums up why it's super important to have a, a supportive network and that tribe that Eric and I have been talking about since we the inception of the Melon Pearls podcast like why it's super important I, oh, I just yeah. that's just I mean Erica I mean I'm just I'm like poof mind blown because it's super important why you need that tribe and that mentor um, in your life Absolutely. And someone that, um, and someone that 
is able to create the space and opportunities, right? So that's where you have your sponsor, someone that talks about you when you're not in the room and says, you know, hey, I think X person should have this opportunity because yes. they have exemplified X, Y, Z. I think that, that that's what's that's what's important. Yes, yes. I think very important. She always would put my name out there. People would call me for something and I'm like, what? How did you get my name? <laughs> Exactly. And then I would call her later on. I was like, are you at it again? She's like, no, I just think you'll be perfect for it. And I think you should, you can offer. I'm like, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. And um, yeah, she put me out there in the district as um, she kept putting my name out there. But of course it was up to me to rise to the occasion, right? Exactly. So I had to have that confidence that I can rise to the occasion. And I didn't want her to look bad. Uh, be looked be looked at as someone who doesn't know good talent so that made me step up my game that much more and um yeah and 19 years later I was um considered a senior principal in the district you know and um the time went oh the time went by so fast the time went by so fast and I still love the work so even though I'm retired I still love the work and I never wanted to retire not liking the work or begrudgingly or saying that oh I'm so glad I need to get out of here no it wasn't that type of um party it was just that I did my years and I'm ready to go into my next you know adventure so yep. but I still love the work you know that's awesome mm-hmm. 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 so great. I know this is great I know we have to pause this is so good so um let me ask you this. Um, so what's a common myth? Give us one common myth about your profession that you want to debunk. Like you want people to know that is not true. Like what's a myth about being in education, being a teacher, being a principal that that is just not true, that you just want to be like, you know what, Let, let's get it out in the open. One common myth is that teachers know everything. And teachers can do everything on their own. No, we need parents or whoever the caregiver is. We cannot do it by ourselves. And we don't know everything. We're constantly learning, constantly perfecting our craft. And um, it's never a time when we feel that we know everything. And um, we cannot do it on our own. We just can't. We need the families, even if it's just an older brother or sister or a cousin, or it needs to be someone in the family or someone in the household to help us to meet us halfway. So that's a common myth that send your kids to school, they'll get everything at school. That's not true. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to encouraging children and giving them that self-esteem, because they can meet that one person in school, a guidance counselor, a teacher, or another adult in the building that's building them up but then if they're in a certain household and they go home and they're constantly being torn down um you know it's it's it offsets it so it needs to be um that child needs to be nurtured and, and and educated and taught not just in school but outside of the school building for them to really um go to their full potential for sure, because yeah. then they'll always revert back to zero. Like you, you'll instill all these things in them, and then you go back to zero every time. So basically, you're always starting almost like you just have a little, you move the needle a little bit because, or not as much as you would have liked to because of the outside influence. I get that. 
totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. It's super important. Um, keep learning, just not when you're in school, but when you're outside of school and you need yeah. that type of, I'm going to say infrastructure and support to maintain that constant learning um, mindset. Mm-hmm. So I would agree because, with that. You know, I was um, a product of New York City public school, but my mom, and she was, she played the large role in me and my brother um, being able to be successful in school. She saw us having some deficiencies, even if she couldn't help us with our math homework. She found a place where we can go get tutored. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's super important. Just sit back and say, oh, let the school do it. You right. Know? Right. That's, that's, I mean, that's a good one. Um, uh, I, I, this one is going to run. My question is going to, is going to hit a little close to home because, you know, as black women, you know, I'm in technology. Not a lot of people look like me in technology. Um, Erica, her career, not a lot of people looking like Erica. And so when it comes to education um, and my professors, when I was in college and in grad school, none of them were black. Mm-hmm. And and very few of them were women. So tell me for you, what role has diversity and inclusion played in your career at all? Um, oh, no, it was um, paramount. Um, we growing up um, in my elementary school, fortunately, we were exposed to a lot of African-American teachers. And that was in the 70s. And that was kind of art. But in my school, um, in PS197 in Harlem, all of my teachers were African-American. It's when I went to junior high school, when we had maybe one teacher, my French teacher, and then high school, even though the arts, you know, it's diverse and, um, you know, performing arts high school is diverse. We still, there was 90% of the teachers were, you know, of the other persuasion, I say. And um, I went to Howard University. So, of course, I had a lot of um, African-American professors. But because I know that it was very helpful to see educators that look like me, um, I made it a point to make sure that I had an abundance of um, African-Americans, different cultures, Jamaican, West Indian, um, you know, Afro, um, Hispanics. I mean, I, I, it was very important for me to have those representatives in my building as um, teachers, not just paraprofessionals and school aides and people who work in the kitchen, but no, head teachers also. You know, because you have to look at also the dynamics of the school building. There's many different facets of um, employment in the school building. You could be a custodian. You could be a school aide. You could be a teacher assistant. You could work in the office. You could be a, um, a, a, a school safety agent. You could be a guidance counselor, a speech teacher. It's so many different roles. But who's in front of the children? Who's the classroom teacher? So you can say you have a diverse um a diverse um, staff, but if you don't have any African-American teachers in front of your kids who are African-American, is it diverse? No, it's not diverse. The school staff is diverse, but not the teaching staff. So it was very important for me to have a teaching staff that had um, people of color standing in front of the children because 
90% of the kids are children of color. And I also had Hispanic teachers and teachers from different Hispanic nations teaching, not just Puerto Rican and Dominican, but Honduras and people from different other different Spanish speaking countries, because we're all we're so diverse. You know, it's not we just yeah. not Hispanic. We're just not black. We just I mean, we're so so many different diverse cultures within the diaspora. So I, I tried my best to represent as many as I could. And not just look at their faces, but also they had to be stellar. They had to be on point. They couldn't just represent a a culture. They had to be an excellent educator, someone always willing to learn. Uh, That, you know what, having, having your teachers, I'm, I'm, I'm using that word specifically, having your teachers be representative of the, the community that's in the population that is sitting in the seats is imperative Mm -hmm. because there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, as a black woman uh, teaching a a classroom that's majority black, that there's a different level of understanding of what it is to be black in America. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, in first, second, third grade or an adult it's different being black in America and Mm -hmm. having a teacher being able to understand that with that empathy and from a place of understanding. I I mean, Mm my, like I can just imagine like my, my teachers when I was in junior high were all white. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't come from the best, best household. It wasn't the worst, but it sure damn wasn't the best either. And Mm -hmm. they, my teacher was the last people that I was going to go talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last last because yeah. they couldn't relate they just couldn't relate mm-hmm. um and so i think that's super and super important mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion is super important yes yeah, so you get to see people like look like them look like their moms look like their aunts look like their godparents or their grandfather they get to see people who look like them who are smart who are teachers who are educators, yeah. who are highly respected, at least in the education world, they're respected. I don't know about how much people in the outside education world respect teachers, but would they say go? You know what I yeah. mean? And and they yeah. get to see, oh wow, we can do this, or we can we can be educators too. Right. You know how many um, of my students would say, I want to be a teacher. I'm like, why? Because I want to be like you. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, that's a hard moment. Because people don't grow up wanting to be teachers. They grow up wanting to be doctors, lawyers, ballerinas, and basketball players. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Ballerinas and basketball players. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, very true. Very, very true. So what advice would you give the up-and-coming teachers that want to pursue a career? Like, What's one piece or two pieces of advice that you would give them? One, never stop learning. Mm. You never know enough. Mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest advice. And that's my only. Because even teachers who teach 15 and 20 years, oh, you know, another PD or the same old thing. It doesn't matter. It may be one thing in that professional development that you can do differently. And all the other stuff you already do. But it may be one thing. And that's what gets me so... Um, how do you say, I'm not saying angry, but it gets me frustrated when we have teachers who have 10, 15 plus years and they think that they know enough. No, there's so many changes going on, not just with technology, but by the way that children are learning. 
Now, you have to be abreast with all of, of the new initiatives and all the new ideas and how to get through the children. Because would you go to a dentist who's still using pliers to pull out your teeth? <laughs> nope. <laughs> or, or, no, no. No, or, or laughing gas to put you to sleep. Would you want to go to nope. somebody who using like up-to-date tools? You know, correct. So it's the same thing with education. You don't want to go into no antiquated classroom or have your child in an antiquated classroom. The teacher's still using chalk on the bulletin board, still writing the words in alphabetical order out of context. So even if the kids know how to spell a word, they don't know how to use it in a sentence. Come on. So my (laughs) biggest thing is (laughs) teachers, you have to continue to be developed as an educator until you sign those retirement papers. Every year you should be looking for another way, a new way to to perfect your craft. That's my advice. Totally. Go ahead. Principals and administrators too. It's always something more to learn on -hmm. how to run a school. Yeah, absolutely. And I say I mean, for those that, that are outside of education, it's you should always keep on learning. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's it's always reading something new, um, learning something new. I I I love being in environments where people have a builder innovative culture, like an innovative mindset, like they're always thinking about something new to mm-hmm. do or learn a new certification, a new way to, to write an algorithm. I love working with data scientists because literally they are the, on the cusp of innovation and creating, creating things that literally will change the world that we live in. And so I like being around people like that because it, it tests me and pushes mm-hmm. me to what to do better and be better. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I, no one wakes up to be mediocre. Right. I don't wake up right. to be mediocre. Right. I'm, I'm so I'm not going to be putting myself in a situation where I'm like literally the dumbest person in the room. Exactly. No, no, nope. no. Go nope, out nope, nope. and seek people who know more than you go watch them work. Go, go <laughs> learn what they learned from. You know what I mean? Don't just sit yep. around your own bubble. You got to get out of your bubble. Go visit other. Like I tell teachers, go visit other schools. When you go to other states, go visit another school in another state. See what's going on. They mm-hmm. have those yep. opportunities. But no, you want to stay in your classroom, in your bubble. That's not going to help the kids because the kids are gonna, going to continue to advance and you're going to lose them. And then here comes the behavior problems. Here's the management problems because they're bored. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to think of new new ways to get to them, new ways to turn their minds on. You know, and if you don't know how to send out an email, go take a class on the weekend. Learn how to use technology. Yep. That's one thing that this COVID did. It made educators learn technology. They're using even the technology language that we're using now in the schools. It has advanced tremendously. No one knew what a a Zoom was and a link (laughs) for Zoom and creating links. And, you know, even the lingo, the technology lingo has advanced, you know? So, um, you know, you get lemonade out of lemons and the lemonade that we got is we're more advanced with technology. At least the educators are because it made us use the technology. We had, we couldn't like not use it to say, oh, that's not for me. I'm just going to use the pencil and paper. The country shut down. We had yeah. to turn on the computer. Yeah. You know? 
Indeed. Trial by fire. I mean, look, like, you know, trial by fire. It's just, if you weren't, if you didn't want to do it, now you had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, no. <laughs> not right now you got to do it. What were we doing without it? Oh, my goodness. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing mm-hmm. how people who fight against some, doing something new, and when they're forced to do it, they're like, the light bulb goes off. It's just like, this just makes my life, you know, more productive. I'm uh, mm-hmm. easier. Like I can do things faster or more efficiently. Um, it's just, you know, being able to leverage technology to make you a better educator. Right. Yes. Um, and it's just, or, or a better builder, a better designer, a better executive, a better leader. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, Girl, I can be here all day. I know, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can be here all day. Well, you know, I, um, this is this is. I'm I am thoroughly impressed with with your with your journey, um, and this is one that this is the question that I have for you that I really want to know because I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are going to be. So, mm-hmm. what is your greatest personal achievement, Renee? What is your greatest personal achievement? My greatest personal achievement is, and I know this is going to sound corny or whatever, but raising my daughter. She is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand. (laughs) That's my greatest achievement. All the talks and everything I would talk to her about. And I mean, she was hearing me. She was always kind of quiet. But the the young lady that she is now, she was listening. And right. I'm, I'm so happy that I was able to set a good example for her or a great example. For, I say great example for her because she's awesome. And I can tell she's going to be even greater than me. So that's my greatest achievement because I was able to raise my daughter, giving my my school 150% and my daughter did not lax. I did not have her. She did not suffer for my ambition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I know your daughter and your daughter's just, she, she's an amazing young lady. Um, yeah. And her, and I, can't wait I haven't met see. her. Now I want to meet her. Cause like yeah. y'all, like, like literally she can, y'all talking like someone walking on water. I want to, I want to meet her. She sounds <laughs> I great. Her. I will. Someone her. I want to hang with, you know, she's like, you know, the quiet, quiet, but deadly ones. The ones yeah. that you can oh, talk yeah. to, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She will blow your mind. He's mm. a rock star. Is mind awesome. blown okay i'm ready okay <laughs> so y'all put that together i you you tell me when and where i will be there i will i would love to meet this amazing inspirational young woman um who is renee's greatest yeah. achievement that's wow. my greatest achievement awesome. awesome 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 so we got some rapid fire you don't have a lot of time to answer you're just gonna answer so some oh. rapid fire questions boom boom okay. boom all right. all right i know the first one but I'm going to ask anyway. Favorite boy band? Oh, um, boy, uh, um, um, new edition, new edition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, movie or Broadway? Broadway. Mm. Okay. Favorite cuisine? Huh? Favorite cuisine? Italian food. Girl, after my own heart. <laughs> after my own heart. That's right. Italy all the way. <laughs> Okay. All right. I was about I was about to go on my little literally love fest. But anyway, all right. Last question for you, Renee. Next vacation location. 
Oh no. I want to go to Paris so bad. I, that's going to be my next one. Paris. That's the top. That's the top. Yeah. Okay. I have a bonus one. This, this is going to be, I think I know the answer to this one too. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my goodness. The purple rain man. Prince. <laughs> purple rain man. There's like two things put together, but we get it. We get it. <laughs> Renee, thank you so much for joining us today. Congratulations on your retirement. You know, it's not even, it's like Serena Williams, right? She didn't say the word retirement, right? It was almost like a transition. So congratulations on your transition because you're going to do amazing things. I know you and I have talked a little bit about some of your plans and what you're thinking a little bit, trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, figure it all out, what your next journey is. But I want to say thank you for your service. So Yvette and I don't have children, but you have impacted generation, you know, a generation of kids. You've been teaching for a very long time. And some of the kids, when you started teaching are are pretty, you know, they're a little grown up now. And, and hopefully you've had, I know you've had an impact in their lives. So, so thank you for your service because it's not an easy job. I know, I know it isn't. And it's a job that's so important and underappreciated by mm. some. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, you and congratulations. Thank you yep, for congrats. having me. Thank you so much for having me. I um I was um my mom was in the background and I was like, you gotta be quiet. They're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hi mommy Belton. Hi mommy Belton. <laughs> well thank you so much. Thank this has been so amazing. Much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. And um, I hope to um speak to you ladies again. It doesn't have to be through the podcast. I just want to commend you for bringing this um venue to the public. It's very, very important that our little girls see that you have taken um the lead in making sure that we get the message out to them. So I commend you for creating this platform. And I thank you for inviting me to come once again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And for those out there listening, thank you for listening, for being, you know, faithful to our podcast. And, and we hope that you enjoyed this conversation today. So until next time, talk soon. Did you just love what you heard on this week's episode? Well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and some feedback. Spreading the word is really the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Mm -hmm.